FIG Ministry presents the Catholic Influencers Podcast. Join me, Alyssa Aegis, and my co-hosts, Father Rob Gallia and Justine Cumbo, as we break open the upcoming Sunday Mass readings and discuss relevant topics and life issues from a Catholic perspective. For a shorter, more reflective explanation of the Sunday Mass readings, be sure to check out our sister podcast, Catholic Influencers, Father Rob Gallia Homilies. Guys, we're in Holy Week. We're preparing for Easter Sunday. How well, are we? Um, well, I'm excited. Bring it on. I'm ready for it. And I'm ready for s- some coffee. <laughs> <laughs> and, and we can say the A word. What's the A word? Or the H word. <laughs> <laughs> Hallelujah. Truth. Hallelujah. Hey. Do you know how many songs I've like seen and they've just got that word and I'm like, oh, I can't sing it, can't sing it. <laughs> yes. <laughs> just mute. Even for our online masses, we have never vetted like the the music as much as we we have for our mm. online masses. Because last year we had an an hallelujah escape through the online masses, <laughs> and the amount of emails that we oh got. Way. Every time that. you've said that word in the last thirty <laughs> seconds, I like shudder a little because I got in a lot of trouble a few weeks ago. And here from you who? Are. From you're, who? You, <laughs> you're just flaunting it around <laughs> like it's nobody's business. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's, we, well, we are an hallelujah people anyway. Yeah. So I've just, uh, I was on a plane again. And one of the things that I had recently, one my pet peeve, pet peeve, yeah. Tell is, us, <laughs> tell us. Is having, I, I love children. Now, I love, like even at mass, if, if a baby cries, I don't mind. I, it actually gives me joy. You know, I think, wow, there are young families here. There's children. Except maybe when I'm in the middle of my homily, it's more that I lose my train of thought, but I still <laughs> love having But on a plane, and I, I have the greatest appreciation, I have the greatest um, for families. You know, sometimes there are babies that cry and, and you can see the parents are struggling so much to keep the baby quiet and, or just to comfort the baby who's in ear pain. But, man, I, I find it so difficult when they are on a plane. What is the most annoying thing that you experience on a plane? If something like you would do, and it's say you had a 15-hour plane ride, what is the most annoying thing? Oof. Number one for me would be a crying child. Again, I have the greatest respect, but for that's the one. But <laughs> so the, many daggers <laughs> are out right now. <laughs> and the second thing is being placed next to a toilet. Oh, yeah, high traffic okay. area. High traffic mm-hmm. area and the light and the on and off on the blo- yeah. yeah, It's not your business class usual comfort. No, no, it isn't. No. It's, <laughs> never my, it's never my norm. What's annoying for me is I know it's going to happen. And in fact, I definitely utilize this function. But it's like when you, you know the person behind you has put their seat back. Yes. But it happens in the jolt. So it's like, yes. no matter what you're eating, what you're watching, it's just like, seat in your face. Like, it's just like, buddy, respect. <laughs> I was enjoying thing. that soup. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, so it's the seat recline. Yeah. Oh, okay. Hello, I would stranger. say just being placed in a space that's not easy to get out. Uh, okay. Like, I hate, if someone's asleep, <laughs> and you really? have to go to the toilet. Yeah. Like the thought that goes through my head is I can't be bothered with the confrontation and I don't want to annoy them. So I'll just, <laughs> so just sit here burst. and like bounce. <laughs> and every turbulence, oh, yeah, <laughs> I'll wait. Like I'll wait the two hours. And then it gets to a point, it's like, no, nah, I'm going. <laughs> I always, always sit in an aisle seat. Always. I like, prefer that now. But every time in the United States, without fail, someone asks to take your place. I don't mm. know. It's just, I think it's an American thing. Wait. That's it. Just to, so you get off your seat. So, so it's like someone down. would say, or usually it's a big 
guy or someone okay. who wants to sit next to their wife or something. Uh, you know, okay. they they because the, like on an Australian flight, you'll be more organized. You know, the airline will put you next to your wife if you're big. <laughs> they'd give you the emergency exit. While in America, doesn't happen. So it's usually inevitable that I get asked to move from my seat. Oh. Sometimes I do it. Sometimes I pre- <laughs> I put my headphones on. <laughs> <laughs> sleeping, <laughs> sleeping. <laughs> oh. Can't hear you. Sorry. <laughs> Don't speak English. <laughs> Australian <laughs> only. <laughs> so this is it. Uh, anyway, <laughs> uh, uh, all respect to babies. If you have a crying baby on a plane, we we'll, love, we'll love you. You we'll guys do an amazing job. Yeah, seriously, kudos to all the parents out there. Yes, Send exactly. all your complaints about Father Rob. <laughs> <laughs> so thank you to our ministry partners quickly who um, make this possible. Just a short word from them. This production would not be possible without the support of our FRG ministry partners and donors. Your ongoing support ensures that our online masses, online courses, podcasts, TV programs, school, youth and parish outreaches continue to reach millions of people across the world. Please prayerfully consider giving a one-off donation or becoming an ongoing ministry partner and join us in our mission to share the love of Jesus and his message of hope to the ends of the earth. Find out more at frgministry.com slash donate. Okay, so if you've been listening to this new season for a little while, you know that we've been breaking open the second reading. So for episode seven, our second reading is actually from Colossians. It's chapter three, verses one to four, and we'll read that now. Since then, you have been raised with Christ. Set your hearts on things above where Christ is seated at the right hand of God. Set your minds on things above, not on earthly things. For you died, and your life is now hidden with Christ in God. When Christ, who is your life, appears, then you also will appear with him in glory. So that's a conditional, how we will appear in glory. Salvation depends on this. In in a sense, this is what uh, um, this letter is saying, that once you do this, once you clothe yourself in Christ, then you will receive eternal glory. So in other words, what it's saying is heaven doesn't start when we die. Heaven starts here. Mm. And we need to do something about heaven here. Now, whether we do it at the last minute, at the hour of our death, or we do it through our life, heaven starts here. We don't go to heaven by accident. We're living out of heaven, and then all of a sudden um, we're in heaven. So it's about training ourselves, and it is a training to become heavenly minded, to prep, to brace ourselves. Like when you're going on a holiday, mm. you're excited for a holiday. Yes. And uh, some, somehow every, every you don't think about the holiday every moment, but every stressful moment, you come to that, you come back to that thought of the, the holiday. Or every moment when it's still, you go back to planning and checking the hotel and checking things like that. Uh, it, it, somehow, it, it's, you're holiday minded at that time. Yeah. And it's the same with <coughs> our attitude towards heaven. Imagine every time we're stressed out, rather than sort of getting despair, think about your holiday, think about heaven, Mm -hmm. think about the promise, think that it's soon, it's going to ease and we're going to get to heaven, but it starts now. And I feel like this is such a great continuation, like a couple of weeks ago we were just talking about how our citizenship isn't here, it's in heaven, so I feel like we're getting very, uh, this message is just constantly, they're trying to... Can someone finish the sentence for me? Just trying to make it sink in. That's right. Drill yes. it, you know, drive it home. I think it's um, it's a it challenges perhaps the way we're taught about heaven 
mm-hmm. as we grow up. Like we're taught that it is a location, that it is an eventual destination. And so it can take a little while for us to, even us, to be, rem- we need this reminder that what does it mean if heaven is our citizenship? It means that it's alive and active now. It's not a future yes. location, a future destination, but it's a present reality. It's a present identifier. It's a present marker on our life that heaven is here and it's open to us now. And I think what Paul is saying to his audience is, you have come to know Jesus. You know who you are. You know that heaven is your citizenship. And here you are going back to mm. your empty past. You know those things don't bring you the joy and the freedom that you found in Christ. You know that. And what he's saying to them is, you know that there is more. And that's what heaven is. It's this constant reminder that no matter what we're in, no matter what temptation we fall back into, it's a reminder that there is more, that God calls us to more, that God has more, that heavenly citizenship is now. Yes. And the question is, like, do you desire heaven? Do you desire to go to heaven? Because some people don't. You know, mm. they just they love this life so much. Or that they don't want to be surrounded by little naked babies with little wings. <laughs> you know what I mean? It, it's, it's not, or with fluffy clouds. It's, yeah. But you see, it's not, as, as you were saying, it's not a place. It's a state of, of eternal joy where your heart is so filled, so fulfilled that if it were to be fully experienced here, our brains and our hearts would explode. We could just couldn't take the, the love and the fulfillment here. And so just looking forward to that, that bliss, that, that intimacy with God, that unity with the church, with the people we have loved and, and will continue to love. It's just, I, I mean, I, we can't, I can't really explain heaven, but I do remember once when I was a, a little kid, I was maybe three years old, four years old. This was my first memory. Um, I remember waking up one day and crying, 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 and telling my mom, Mom, I want to watch that TV show again. I want to watch that TV show again. I still remember so clearly, and it was just so beautiful, this TV show. I just And for weeks, I just kept changing the TV channel, trying to find this TV show again. But in hindsight, when I grew up, I realized I know what that was, that I had a glimpse of heaven. God allowed me to experience for one second, in a dream probably, that experience of heaven. And I just desired, all I wanted to do was to see it again and I, the only experience I thought as a little brain of uh, experiencing something outside of one's brain was through TV so that's where I was looking for it wow. and wow. so just to come to this place you know imagine I still had that attitude yeah God I want to see heaven yeah. I want to experience heaven look for heaven in everything I do yeah. everything I say yeah. through the things I refrain from doing because I know it's going to take away yes. that heaven for me yes. now. And to just make it real, because again, I really think that um, perhaps there's a disservice we we set up for people by painting the wrong picture. You know, the coloring in pictures that you did of heaven. Well, what is heaven? Every time you long to be deeply loved and deeply seen and deeply known, every time you long to live for something more, that thing inside of you that burns, that burns to make a sacrifice for something good. That's a glimpse of heaven. That's a glimpse of your heavenly citizenship. So don't think of the holy cards or the pictures you colored in or clouds. Go deep in your heart or your deepest longing and be honest with yourself. And there is a touch of, of what heaven is. Like it's so real and so available and so God. Yes. God is the only <laughs> thing that can feel that. And what is what is our passport? You know, like the passport for that citizenship is our baptism. Mm. That we entered in. And it is there. Basically, we're entering into the resurrection, but we'll talk about that yeah. in just a And moment. I like how you've just 
made this into like such a holiday thing with the passport and <laughs> the suitcase. <laughs> what, are the, what are the things we need to pack in our suitcase? <laughs> well, that's right. We take nothing with us. Okay. Just it's about emptying that suitcase. Eh? Oh, it's wow. about coming to that place and then the holiday where everything is provided. The hotel mm. provides you even your, your makeup, your hair products, everything. <laughs> and the brands you love and the brands you could never afford. Okay, so you get a ticket and you get yeah, a ticket. Exactly. Um, I think it's important to talk about if we're going to be heavenly minded there's kind of two things to talk about with that so number one it means that the concerns of the world they're not really at the forefront of our attention anymore we we are able to live from that eternal perspective again not like it doesn't matter what happens to us we know that christ has the um final victory but i think the other thing i came across this quote um it's by a guy called oliver oliver wendell holmes senior he what said, a name. I know. <laughs> I'm listening. He said, it was a really interesting quote. It said, Some people are so heavenly minded that they are of no earthly good. Oh. And I thought it'd be really interesting if we unpacked that a little bit. That's kind of, I feel like that quote is based off a belief that if we love God and if we put Him first, then it makes us really incapable and less concerned about what's happening in the world. But I don't think being heavenly minded means that we completely isolate ourselves from the world. I think. It, does, it also doesn't mean that we, you know, ignore contemporary issues. But if we cooperate with God in the work that he wants us to do in this world, it's kind of like that faith being put into action. Like yeah. once you've had that encounter with Jesus, you can't help but those good works just flow. Yes. And I, I think there's two extremes. Well, you can be sometimes so heavenly minded that you are of no earthly use. We need to be useful in this world. Yeah. You know, for example, I don't know, like, something that came to mind while you were saying that is someone, um, I would say there was a birthday cake and I, and I said, wow, this is a really nice birthday cake. Well done f- for making this cake. And they said, no, no, it wasn't me. The Holy Spirit made it. And I'm thinking, <laughs> I'm thinking Sorry. fantastic. Can I have the no, Holy Spirit in my Does that mean it's calorie-free? No, Tell me now. <laughs> no, I, no, no, I don't want to... I look, this, is not, not, this is not to put this down. But what I'm saying is God uses us yeah. practically. And he uses our mess. And he uses... Like sometimes if we're so spiritually minded and everything, sometimes we can't connect with the brokenness, with the humanity of people. Yeah. So we we have to be heavenly minded. Yes, think of heaven. But what we must do is just go down to the streets and say, hey, I have an extra five tickets to get to this holiday, to this, to now another hotel room, which is far away from mine. So I don't need to talk to you on my (laughs) holiday, (laughs) the introvert speaking. But you can come, you can come. And if we're too heavenly minded, we forget to tell people to come. Yeah. We forget. Yeah. yeah. And I think God doesn't want us to check out of this world. And how do I know that? Check out. Oh my gosh. <laughs> <laughs> oh my dying. <laughs> Sorry. I, that was completely unintentional. I mean <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to play the drum. He just he d- <laughs> you're going to do, do it. it. We'll, wait, g- wait, we'll wait. give you 30 seconds uh, to uh, find the button. Well, this one is it. Wait, no. Sorry. I'll do it again. <laughs> Go again. No. <laughs> Yay. Yeah. It was the process towards that that I really appreciated. (laughs) But um, if God wanted us to tap out of the world, he wouldn't have come to this earth, but that's exactly what he did. He left his heavenly throne and came and was born into our mess. He came to this earth. He didn't just approach us with a 10-foot pole. So if, if Jesus himself, if God himself says that earth is worthy enough for me to enter into and in need enough for me to enter into, then what exception are we to that? So I think he calls us into this world, but not that we would become a product of the world. And that's why as Christians we have to, we really have to shield ourselves too because the reality is this is where we are. Like for as long as God wants us here, this is where we are. We are in the world. Um, 
but we have to clothe ourselves with the armor of God as we walk through and and bring love into this world as well. So John three sixteen, God so loved the world. He loved the world. Yeah. You know, yeah. mm. uh, he didn't hate the world. Mm. And this is one of the things that sometimes, if we're so heavenly minded in a sense that we hate the world, then we're not Jesus like. Yeah. Jesus loves the world. He loves the brokenness. He loves the yeah. the despair in a sense. But he's always there to remind them, hey. Think of heaven. Think of heaven. Yeah. Um, come, you're not a citizen of this world. The, this world is not going to have the final say. Heaven is yeah. going to have the final say. And I think if we, so yeah, you can be too heavenly minded and we've spoken about that. But if we go to the other side of the spectrum, like there is that temptation and this is the actually the context of this letter. Paul's actually addressing the temptation that the Colossian converts were feeling towards heading back to that pagan lifestyle mm-hmm. after they'd had that mm-hmm. um, encounter with Jesus. There is that temptation for us as well. Like once we've had that encounter with Jesus, because we are surrounded by such a pagan lifestyle, such a like counter, like what am I trying to say here? Stuff that's so like not Christian, there is that temptation to fall back into that. So like you said, Justin, it really is important that we, yeah, we arm ourselves correctly. And we are surrounded by earthly citizens, people who are not heavenly citizens. Not that they're not baptized, but they just don't live as citizens of heaven. And so when you're surrounded by people like, uh, I don't know, um, who are of one world, you forget where you come from, you forget where you're going. You know, I'm, I'm like, a, I wasn't born in Australia, and I come here, but uh, you see, because my family is still in Malta, I'm still, my, I'm still part of Malta, you know, Malta mm. is still my home, I call home, I, I spend time with home. So when someone says, uh, hey, what nationality are you? I don't say, as much as I love Australia, I don't say I'm Australian. I say I'm Maltese mm-hmm. because my family's there and my home is there, where I was brought up is there and maybe where I retire will be there. I don't know. But uh, in a sense, I am living in this Australia, but my citizenship, in a sense, mm-hmm. my final destination is there. Maybe not a good analogy, maybe, but oh, uh, this is, yeah, I, I think. I followed. Mm. Yeah, <laughs> <good>. <laughs> so this is, again, how we, we have to, but if I didn't spend time with my Maltese family, if I didn't spend time thinking about there, visiting there even, and we visit there through prayer, we visit heaven through um, retreats, we visit heaven through spending time with Jesus so in heaven, then we'll forget about heaven. Yeah. We will. And we won't identify as being citizens of heaven. And I found a, a very uh, cool quote because I think um, we've said this in, in multiple different ways, but we really need to make a decision. And the Colossians obviously hadn't made their decision, or they had. They had come to know Christ and then they decided slowly but surely to to turn back to their old ways. But we have to make that decision to live for Christ or to live for the world. And I found a really cool um, – I was actually talking to a co-worker today and he quoted it, so I'm stealing it from Hugh. Um, but from see. Yeah, from Hugh. Uh, Hugh. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> it from Hugh. Yeah. <laughs> from you. <laughs> Juan. Um, from C.S. Lewis. Christianity, if false, is of no importance, mm. and if true, of infinite importance. The only thing it cannot be is moderately important. Mm. We cannot be half heavenly focused. This side of my body is heavenly focused, and this side is worldly focused. You're all or nothing. And yes. if, if Christianity is true, you sell everything you own for it, yeah. like the scripture. You know, it, it's it's worth the all that. The pearl of great price. That's it. And I'm also, Revelation, well, that's if you are neither hot nor cold, I'm going to spit you out of my mouth. Mm. 
Slightly That's more crazy. violent, but yeah, true. <laughs> it's not the Bible, it's still it's the Bible. Uh, uh, a thousand percent. And I think we're bombarded, kind of what Alyssa was saying, with a thousand different messages and influences on how not to live a Christian way every day. And so, you know, you know if you don't stand for something, you'll fall for anything. Oh, you know, what yeah. do you, there you go? That's a good quote. If you don't stand for something, you'll fall for anything. That's it. Is that C.S. Lewis or Justine? Justine. No, it's not. I wish it was. But I'm, not, I'm, I'm not that wise. Maybe it was Oliver from earlier on. <laughs> Could be. <laughs> I don't know. But um, how are you going to live? How do you yes. want to live? And I will say it does take sacrifice to be a heavenly citizen living in this world. It takes sacrifice. So we're not sitting here saying it's easier. Sometimes you're going to have to say no to things that a wo- the world doesn't blink an eye at. Oh, don't worry. It's not that big of a deal. Don't worry. Sleep around. It's okay. It doesn't matter. Don't listen to the church. It's just a killjoy. Oh, Catholics, they're just too full on. You know, just do what you want. So I challenge you, if you don't know why the church or Christianity teaches something, go and ask why. Ask the right people, not just the person who you think is going to give you the answer you want, but go and dig and you will find the answer. And I tell you what, when I started to dig, particularly in the area of relationships, like this scripture kind of talks about how the Colossians kind of went back into this um, impure kind of way of living out relationships and sexuality. When I started to read theology of the body or to ask questions, I wanted more. It didn't freak me out. When I saw that the church was teaching about who I am and what I'm worth and the rela- the life-giving relationship that it desires for me, I was like, give me more. Like, I want it. I want more of this. So I really encourage you, if you don't know why, you know, the church teaches certain things, but you've started to awaken to this idea of wanting to, to live for Jesus and you've had an experience of him, go and have conversations with the right people, heavenly-minded people who have your best interest at heart. We don't look at you like a dollar sign, a walking dollar sign. And I think once you start to do that, like we said, the things of the world, it becomes less attractive. Like Mm -hmm. it really does become less attractive when you know what God wants for you. Yeah. uh, I'm I'm looking at my phone because I was just listening to an audio book. I just finished this audio book called Our Bodies Tell God's Story by Christopher West. Uh, I I cannot recommend this author enough. If you want to know about, especially because Justin, you spoke about sexuality and and how that the teachings of the church is, um, the the entire teachings of the church on sexuality and purity is because we are earthly citizens, because we can start being um, heavenly citizens here on earth. So, um, or they can YouTube Christopher West as well. Christopher West and Jason Everett. Jason yes. Everett. Um, Chastity.com, yeah. uh, a book called If You Really Love Me. It's question and answer, really straight to the point, no beating around the bush. That stuff to me started mm. to unlock my relationship with Jesus. You know, I was longing for earthly love. I was longing for connection. And of course I am. God created me for relationship with yes. him. And so, of course, I'm going to want to desire Earth, like intimacy on earth and, and, and relationship and connection on earth. Of course, it's a good thing. And the church has something so good to say and to speak into that area of our life as well. Beautiful. Slightly yeah. divergent, but... But this heart. is all connected. It's it about is. yeah, living for heaven. And living for heaven in the, this world is really difficult. It's really tough. And, but it's only possible because of this Sunday, because of the resurrection. Jesus 
opened, slammed open the doors of heaven for us so that we don't need to wait at the airport. We don't need to wait at customs. <laughs> we can go in. Um, uh, and before this, this is, this is the, the creed. He said he descended into hell, you see, because we couldn't get in before then. It's with the, the hell, hell is just going through the TSA in the, in the United <laughs> States, you know. You're stuck there forever, imagine. Oh, oh God. And then it's opened, it's opened, and you can go in. You're free to go in. So this is beautiful. We are citizens of heaven. Let's hear a little word from our sponsor, um, Church Online. Thank you for seeking the Lord with us today. If you long for more content and resources, check out our Church Online FRG Ministries Church Online is where you will find ongoing spiritual nourishment and inspiration. Online Mass, Prayer, Rosary, the Divine Mercy Chaplet, Worship Music, Eucharistic Adoration and so much more. You can even submit your prayer requests and commit to pray for others. FRG Ministry Church Online will inspire and deepen your love and understanding of Christ and His Church. Be blessed by FRG Ministries Church Online at frgministry.com slash church online. So in light of this conversation that we've been having about love, life, relationships, our sexuality, we thought it would be really interesting this week to catch up with Jed from Real Talk. Um, Justine's going to have a conversation with Jed all around these topics and how we can practically live out our faith um, through that. So here's Justine and Jed from Real Talk. Hello, Jed. Welcome to the Catholic Influencers Podcast. It's good to have you with us today. Yeah, well, thanks so much for having me, Justine. It's a uh, yeah, real privilege to come and connect and, and have this conversation. It's such an important conversation to be having this afternoon. Yes, yes. But before we jump in, because as our listeners know, I kind of uh, like to jump into the deep end. Um, I've had the privilege of knowing you for a couple of years. We both moved um, to Brisbane at the same time a few years back to pursue different ministry jobs within the church. Um, but I was wondering, can you tell our listeners, they're from all over the world, tell our listeners a little bit about yourself and about the work that you do with Real Talk Australia? Fantastic. Yeah, thank you. Um, yeah, what a great time of life uh, moving to Brisbane, starting an awesome adventure. Uh, I moved from New Zealand. Uh, I grew up in the South Island of New Zealand on a farm in a small country town. Um, but yeah, found myself moving to Australia in my early 20s um, to pursue a ministry opportunity uh, like yourself, but with the ministry of Real Talk Australia. Um, so Real Talk is a non-for-profit organization based out of Brisbane, uh, but we work all over Australia and New Zealand. And uh, we share a message, a Christian values based, uh, a Christian values-based message around the topics of love, sex, relationships. Uh, in particular, but we cover a range of different topics, personal identity, consent, respect, pornography, uh, and many other topics as well. So, yeah. It's so good. And it's such a unique ministry. I think um, that definitely needs to be sort of getting around and getting into schools. And you guys speak to like thousands of young people every year. Is that right? Yeah, anywhere between 30 and 40,000 young people a year. And uh, we, yeah, preferred uh, mode of connection is sort of face-to-face. -face. So uh, going into school settings, running reflection days, seminars, that type of thing. Uh, but obviously over COVID, we've been doing a lot of online presentations too. Uh, not exactly in one of our Zoom studios here. I'm on the road at the moment. Um, we're actually uh, inland New South Wales. We've been um, doing a bit of a tour, speaking through schools. So, um, yeah, making the best of... Uh, 
this improv video. <laughs> Yay. Well, we feel really, really um, lucky that you've been able to, to join us on the podcast today. And, and like I said, we're just going to, we're going to jump in. Um, and today we are just going to get real about the topics of dating, intimacy um, and sex. And here's where I'm going to put a bit of a disclaimer. Um, yeah, it, it, these can be sensitive topics and I'm aware of that. So if there are some little ears around, um, some young ears, now would be the time to perhaps put some headphones in or come back to this podcast later when they're not around. Um, so these topics are not really something that we talk about freely, well, at least in my experience, like in the Catholic circles, in the Christian circles, I think it's something we feel like we can't talk about or it's awkward to talk about. Um, but actually, it's quite the contrary, and it's the, it's the contrary. It's a shame that we don't take the time to talk about this because it's God's gift to us in, in um, is relationship, is intimacy, and even sex. It might sound a little bit weird right now, but, but that's true. So um, I was wondering, uh, Jed, if you can just share with us a bit about how the Christian teaching on sex and on relationships has impacted you um and was that always the case was it always something that you were really passionate about <laughs> yeah awesome thanks justine um i guess ever since um starting my journey going through puberty um and i guess being sort of um yeah sexually aware man i've definitely been very passionate about these topics like most people you know we as human beings we are sexual beings and that's such a good thing. But when it comes to the topic of, um, I guess, living out these these um, these Christian teachings, these values, these principles, man, that was um, definitely very far from my experience of life as a young person. Um, growing up in a small country town, um, I grew up in a Christian family, uh, but there weren't many other Christian communities or, or families around. So um, even though mum and dad sort of really role modeled what it is to have a loving, respectful uh, relationship and marriage, uh, I guess I was raised uh, based on the conversations I was having with my mates um, TV shows that I was watching, pornography that I was exposed to, um, and just everything in between to so the impact of the media. Um, so I guess I very quickly learned through that education that when it comes to these topics of, of love, sex, and relationships, at the heart of it, it's kind of all pretty casual, you know, just a bit of fun, maybe even a bit meaningless. Um, and I guess when you start to live out of that sort of worldview around these topics, I know for me personally, anyway, uh, things started going downhill pretty quickly. You know, you find yourself in broken relationships and people being confused and upset and hurt myself and others. Um, yeah. And if someone never sort of pulls you up to have a conversation with you about that, you kind of just go, oh, this is just how it is. But I was really lucky because through my teenage years, um, I came into contact with um, teaching around the theology of the body. Um, and I guess the heart of that was um, speaking into this notion that what we do with our body, it does have value and meaning and purpose. And I guess I really understood that, um, this notion that especially within my sexuality, I have such a capacity to communicate love. So we talk about this notion of being able to make visible the invisible, like our bodies are profound, like like our ability to communicate with just our body is, is phenomenal. So um, I guess learning about, um, about this, growing in my understanding of that. And yeah, I guess at the, at the heart of, of my journey as a young person, just going, man, like I wanna have a meaningful relationship. Like we as human beings, we're, we're wired for relationship. It's like written into our DNA. And so for me, um, even though these were like Christian teachings, 
I didn't want to be a Christian, but I was like, man, this makes so much sense uh, to me. Like, you know, living out respectful relationships and, and sexuality, not being about something I can take from somebody else, but something that you can experience together, you know, and in that, in that, um, that platform of marriage, or I should say the sacrament of marriage. So um, I guess the notion there is that our words and our actions are saying the same thing. So I didn't want to be the type of guy that was going to promise something to a girl with my body one night, just because it felt good or just because we both really wanted to if I wasn't going to be able to promise her that you know with my words and my actions um now it's really uh, I guess uh one thing to start to learn about these topics is to go hey that makes sense but it's a whole other thing to actually live these out and these have been things that you know uh, as I've gone on my journey really wrestled with and grappled with um over the years growing in my understanding of these so initially I was like wow this is this is such an awesome awesome thing and I wanted to live out uh, chastity. We, we don't generally use the word chastity when we're speaking in schools because we try and use relatable language. Um, but at the heart of it, the virtue of chastity is something that I really wanted to live out. Uh, but I didn't really um, get on board with all the God stuff, etc. Um, but I guess the more I started to realize that this is what God teaches about love, sex and relationships, and I'm starting to experience these in such a rich and full way, I guess for me, I started to ask more questions about, well, what does God teach about other things in life? And what does the Bible have to say about this? And um, through a yeah, bit of a process, that was the starting point for my journey um, of, of, of having a relationship with God. Um, so, yeah, I guess for me, just realizing that these, these um, topics are so important to all of us. And for me, realizing, man, like the way God really got to me was through the things that mattered to me the most. And I think God really cares about what matters to us. God really cares about what we care about. And he meets us in that space. So, um, yeah, I think that's one of the reasons why I've sort of maybe I've moved off from your question a bit there, but found myself working in this space going, hey, you know, instead of going up to people and having a conversation about God and then shutting down, going up and having a conversation about sex and then them opening up. And then it leads into that, well, you know, are we created with and for a purpose? And then what is the meaning of sex and all these sorts of things. So, yeah, it's um, so good. Yeah. It's all good. And uh, at the core of who we are as humans, we're created for relationship, primarily with God first, but he wants us to have these meaningful, intimate relationships um, with people in our life. And so it makes sense that the secular world is caught onto this, like where God sees that as the most powerful and fulfilling um gifts to us the the I suppose the secular world sees a dollar sign over it it's like it's it's going to appeal to everybody um yeah. and I think similarly to you it's so funny because I actually really got into my own faith and really started asking the deeper questions about God first as I started to hear about theology of the body as well so that was like teachings written by St. John Paul II, for those of you who are listening who are unfamiliar, go and Google it. Probably go and Google a summary of it because it's quite dense. But this message that, you know, as a woman, I have dignity, you know, and that who I am is important and that what I do with my life matters and what I do with my body matters and who I share that with matters and who they are matters. And this idea of respect within relationship and self-control actually was kind of like, oh, this is way more intriguing than the half-hearted, soggy stuff that I'm hearing from the media. So it's just really interesting that perhaps for both of us, that was actually yeah. our pathway into depth of faith. Um, so you travel around, as we said, you, you, you meet thousands of young people each year. Um, 
could you just kind of in bullet point form just enlighten us like what are some of the key messages around sex around intimate relationships that you think really hit home for people kind of like shock them that it actually makes sense to them yeah definitely um i think um sharing uh like one of the things that i love doing is i always share this story about my very first girlfriend and um, i share about all those exciting new feelings and experiences and emotions and you know you're kind of just in the space where you're like walking on cloud nine like life just becomes colorful right like it's it's so good and so i'm like walking through this journey of, of my very first relationship but then i also share with them about a moment where she cheats on me and she hooks up with one of my mates. And it doesn't matter who I share this story with, no matter how young or how old, how many or how few, the response is always the same. The eyes, they kind of pop, the jaws, they drop. Mm -hmm. And people often, you know, maybe say some pretty colorful things about what was going on in that situation. But it's like, it invokes this like response and this reaction. And it's so good that that happens because then I get the opportunity to speak into that. And basically you're just highlighting this notion that what we do with our body, like it actually matters because if it didn't, you wouldn't have responded like that when I shared that story. Right. So it's like, you get it. It's simple. And I think this is just like um, a real starting point as we start to unpack more of these topics, but that would be one notion. So just what we do with our bodies, it actually matters. And the other thing um, that has really struck me over the years is uh, uh, we, we talk about body language, right? And so you can kind of look at someone and tell how they're feeling. And after probably like six, eight, nine months of, of um, traveling around speaking to young people, there was kind of like this expression that would appear on young people's faces. And I could never work out what it was. Like if someone's smiling, you know, they're happy. If they're frowning, you know, they're sad. If someone's confused, you know, like there was this expression. And the interesting thing was it looked different on everybody's faces, but it was always the same expression. And I realized that it was hope. And I guess we kind of live in the society where when we're, we're seeing, you know, relationship breakdown, left, right and center. And, um, you know, can we really be loved unconditionally, like for who we are? Or do we have to win people's love and earn people's love? Like, will anyone ever just see us and say, hey, like you are enough, right? And so speaking into these things and, and yeah, like, so I think um, we have young people that just have such a hunger for hope and such a hunger for meaning in their relationship. And they get that. So it's about drawing that out and making them, I guess, or helping them realize that that's what they're hungry for um, and moving in that direction. Yeah, it's it's so interesting because I think the stereotype if a Christian person came into my school to talk about sex, you just think, oh, they're going to tell me I can't have sex till marriage, you know, and I once heard someone say, um, you know, the church isn't saying no because they're a killjoy. No, you can't have sex. No, you can't do this. They're actually saying yes to the best and greatest kind of love you deserve. Like you don't deserve anything less. And anything outside of marriage that isn't committed, that isn't lifelong, you know, with someone who isn't ready to, to sacrifice their life for you and commit to you in marriage, to honor you, to honor what you value, to honor your body and your whole person, um, anything less than that is, is not what you deserve. And so the church, you know, is not saying no, no, no. It's saying, yes, we, I love, we love you. And we want you to have the best experience, the best fulfillment for your intimate relationships, um, for your sex life as well, you know, across the whole board. Um, 
So I think that's what you're getting at really is that there's a depth to us that perhaps we don't really get from this fleeting idea of casual sex or casual relationships. Um, I wish we could talk forever about this. Maybe we need to have a 50-part episode on, on relationships. Um, and we're only really skimming the surface today. But I have um, two quick questions um, for you. Um, maybe we can do quick fire. For those who are listening um, who are after just some top tips, you know, how, how do we live out God's plan for relationships, sex, and dating? It can be hard just because we're Christian. It doesn't remove the temptations that were there before we were Christian, before we resolved to live out um, chastity that, you know. Um, so any top tips for those who are listening that kind of, yeah, to navigate this new land of committing to authentic relationships? Yeah, hundred percent. Um, a few quick things. One, I'd just say like friendship is so important, you know, um, having a, a deep love and a deep respect for the person that you choose to be in relationship with, uh, and having a friendship, um, above all else, you know, that is so, so important. So that's a great place to start, like a bit of a pedagogy, you might say, uh, of relationship, not diving into the intimacy, the physical, the sexual, the emotional before you have a great basis of friendship. Um, so I think that'd be that'd be one thing. Um, another thing would be being on the same page. You know, if you both want different things, don't waste each other's time um, because it's going to be really, really challenging. OK, so making sure that you're sort of on the same page with those um, have some clear boundaries. Be open to speak about those. Um, seek accountability in your life. So not just the person that you're with, but, um, you know, having someone who's going to ask you that question. I know like um, being really important uh, on my journey, having people asking me things like Jed, like, How's your prayer life? But how are you going in your relationship? You know, um, these are questions that we might be like, how are we going to answer? But it's so good to know that someone in your life is going to be asking you those questions. Um, yeah, so I think those are a couple of So couple good. Of and I know the times in my life where I have asked for accountability, it has felt awkward, but it really has helped me stay on track. And there are other times where I've avoided it or, you know, um, and it has been harder to live out. So I think that they're, they're really good tips. And, and just lastly, I'm just so aware that we're human and um, praise God for his forgiveness as well. Um, but for some listeners today, maybe um, you're tuning in to this podcast very randomly, but perhaps you're someone who may have already had sex and, and you're not married, or maybe you're uh, a listener who's not living out the Christian teaching about you know, intimacy, sex and relationships, but you kind of want to, you know, and this question of, but is it too late for me now? Um, so I just wondered, Jed, you know, what, what would you say to that, that person listening today? Yeah, I'd say awesome. I'd say what an exci exciting time of life for you. I think if you're mulling over those questions, it's because something is kind of stirring in you going, hey, maybe I want more for myself or more for my life, or uh, maybe I'm not experiencing uh, love, sex and relationship in the fullest way I could be. Because if you're not asking those questions, those stirrings aren't happening. So if the stirring's happening to you, um, I just want to say that is that is awesome. Um, and there's no such thing as too late, okay? Um, you know, we have so many different presenters throughout our organisation. Um, presenters have been in different sexual relationships throughout their life. Um, presenters have never had sex in their life. Um, but at the heart of it, I guess it's this notion of continually turning our hearts back to God. I think sometimes we can think that sexual sin is like the biggest sin um, and it's the big like blocker. Oh, 
can't go back from that. Um, but the truth is we, we sin every day in so many different ways in our life. You know, we all have things that we wrestle and struggle with. And when we understand that even though we regularly fall short and in many different areas, and that could be sexual areas uh, in our life too, man, we can always turn our hearts back to God. And that is his desire for us to just come home. The story of the prodigal son. Man, I have prodigal son moments all the time, right? Uh, in the smaller areas in life and in the bigger areas in life. So um, I really just want you to hear that. That's awesome. And um, if you are, you know, um, tuning in, I think a few episodes back, we spoke about forgiveness. Um, it was a really powerful, hard hitting message for me as well. So go back across the episodes and, and listen to that and be encouraged by that. Um, God does not change and his love for us doesn't change. We've just got to turn back um, to him. So, uh, man, we've, we've skimmed the surface. There is so much we could talk about. Um, but just quickly, some really good resources to really unpack um, this idea of intimacy, relationship, sex, dating in the Christian Catholic context, um, some resources. I know the first thing that comes to mind for me is chastity.com. Um, it's a great website where you can type in questions and read through church teaching and ask like, but why? And, and find really um, practical help as well. Jed, do you have any other recommended resources for reading or watching? Yeah, definitely. A couple um, names I could throw your way to jump on youtube or podcasts or whatever um there are people like chris west uh, there are people like jason everett people like matt frad they speak on a lot of these topics um for the ladies out there definitely listen to these guys as well but um Ain uh, sorry uh jackie and uh, jackie and bobby angel um they're great to be listening to as well uh, and i know uh cameron frad does some stuff in this space too so a um, couple of places you can go for podcasts and youtube videos so good. And thank you so much, um, Jed from Real Talk Australia for joining us today. And um, to the listeners, be encouraged. Um, if something is stirring in your heart, um, listen to that. And I really encourage you to dig deep, to ask questions to the right people, to go and research and find answers um, and to pray that God wants to be a part of this, the most intimate parts of our life in our relationships. And so if this is an area of struggle or an area where you, you want the fullness of life, um, yeah, I just really encourage you to lean into that and go to God with that. And today is a new day as well to turn over a new leaf. So thank you again, Jed, for joining us. Thank you so much to our listeners. Um, for tuning into this episode of the Catholic Influences podcast and we will see you next week. Thanks so much for joining us in preparation for Easter Sunday. We really hope you enjoyed that interview with Jed and Justine and we hope you enjoyed our breaking open of the second reading this Sunday. Please be sure to check us out on social media. Connect with us at Catholic Influences on underscore on Instagram, Catholic Influences on Facebook, Catholic Influences on Twitter, Everything podcast is at our website, frgministry.com forward slash podcast. Um, or you can send us an email at podcast at frgministry. Very happy Easter from all of us at Catholic Influences to you and your families. Go and be heavenly minded.